So our title tonight is HOA, Homeowners Association. So, like, we've all had our fair share of uh, dust-ups with HOAs. Um, They complain about your grass. They tell you where you can park or where your friends can park or your church can park. Uh, they make sure your neighbor doesn't paint his house pink. Uh, all, that, all that stuff. But that's not the kind of HOA we're talking about tonight. We're talking about a different kind of homeowner. So let's turn to 1 Kings chapter 8. First Kings chapter 8 verse 17. Now it was in the heart of David, my father, to build a house for the name of the Lord, the God of Israel. But the Lord said to David, my father, whereas it was in your heart to build a house for my name, you did well that it was in your heart. Nevertheless, you shall not build the house, but your your son shall be born to you, shall build the house for my name. So if you want to be a homeowner, you've got to own a house, right? David's heart was to build a house for the Lord. But God revealed to him that to build a house for the Lord, the work had to be accomplished through his son. So what we want to present to you guys tonight in this thought that we're we're presenting tonight is fathers start things, sons continue them. If the house is for the Lord, the work has to be accomplished through the children. And the place we're going to start with that, as you can only imagine, I like that, Tom, is in the beginning. We're going to look at Genesis 1, verse 26 and 28. Now, those of you who know me, I've been around me a little bit. You know that I can get hung up on creation, all right? But I promised Caleb that I was going to stay on track tonight. So here we go. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heavens, over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. I know someone like that. (laughs) So God created man in his image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female. He created them and God blessed them and God said to them be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth and he says be fruitful and he says multiply and then he says fill the earth so he gave Adam a job, right? But when we look at the creation, um, on the third day of creation, he created all the green plants that produce seed. 
he created the fruit tree, the tree that produced fruit with seed in it. And then he created all the animals, two at a time, right? That tells us that everything God made, including us, was made to reproduce. Right? So what's our part? Man was created for this purpose. He says to reproduce, we are to reproduce what we were made like. We were made like, we were made in the image of God, in his likeness, and that's what we are supposed to reproduce here on earth. That we're to bring God's dominion here on earth through his likeness that he reproduced through us. So God's building something here on earth. And the way that, that he chose to do it was through a son, through Adam, his son. And the son's purpose was to continue that building process. And we can see in the creation, everything that God told Adam to do, God had already started. So God brings life into the world. Man, his son, is supposed to be fruitful and bring life. God multiplies his image on the earth through man. Man must multiply God's image on the earth. God made all of creation and said it was good. Man had to subdue all creation in the name of God. God's building a home. He's building his, a home for his image on earth. And he shows his sons, shows us that sons have to complete their father's work. So God the Father starts a work on earth, but the Son was supposed to continue it. So fathers start building, sons continue. Um, Isaiah 46, 9 and 10. Remember the former things of old. For I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is is none like me, declares the Lord, declaring the end from the beginning and from the ancient times not, not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand, and I will accomplish my purpose. He's accomplished his purpose from Adam to the end of time. Now, God's purpose, God's purpose for us, his will, is to fulfill, to fulfill on earth through us, his work, to be fulfilled on earth through us. And he wants us to do it. You know, you would think that a God who could create a universe out of nothing could fulfill his own will and his own desire that he wants to do, right? So, He put man on earth to fulfill that in his image and in his likeness. You know, if I look at it, he put Charlie Brown on earth. He just put me in his way. Look, you know what I mean? (laughs) But, But he chooses, he chooses to use us. His house isn't complete yet. But he fully intends to do, to see the work completed. Adam didn't finish the work. But God's children, you and I, we will. 
So let's turn to Psalm chapter 127. We're going to start in verse 1. 127, not 127. I'm glad you remind me of that. Just don't look for it. It's not there. All right, there. Everybody's there. You guys with us tonight? All right. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. So the question for you tonight is, who's building your house? Who's building your house? Is it the Lord? Is it you? Well, hopefully, it should be both. It should be both. You're doing the work, and the Lord is subbing it out to you. So, like, we have, we have a big builder in town, like D.R. Horton or somebody. A big, big builder in town. His name's on the sign, but he's not building the house. The Lord's name is on your house, but he's expecting you to build it. Yeah. 300 contractor. Right. They're remodeling houses. Life-changing. So let's look at this, this word house in the Hebrew. We can pull up that slide. Uh, Strong's number H1004. Bait. Bait. It's house. That's what it means. It also means shelter. A place. Just the place. Receptacle. I don't know what that means. I mean, I know what a receptacle is. I don't know what it means in this context. And, uh, oh, look, a home. So you have a house that has a family in it. Now it becomes a home. Now we're getting somewhere. We're getting a little deeper here. Now a household, a family, those belonging to the same household, a family of descendants. So you think maybe, go with me here for a minute. You think maybe we're talking more about more than just a structure here in Psalm 127. It's about more than just the place where you sleep. You're adding to a name, a heritage, a family, and a legacy. That's what you're building onto. You're building something that should last long after you're gone. The God of the universe has decided to live in you, but not just in you, in the house that you're building. He wants to live in the family that you're building. He wants to live in the disciples that you're building. He wants to live in more than just you. Turn to Psalms 127, verse 2 and 3. In vain, you rise early and you stay up late, toiling the food for food to eat. Uh, for he, who is he? God, grants sleep to those he loves. <clears throat> so what does that have to do with building a house? We're talking about 
it's in vain. It's in vain if you rise up early and you stay up late just to talk for food. You're wasting your time, right? Because <clears throat> if you had no direction or purpose for building your house, then it'd be in vain. If the house is the Lord's work, is the Lord's workmanship, he gives you peace and rest in it. Even though we go through troubles, we go through trials while we're working for the Lord and we're doing his work, um, it's not all a bed of roses, but they do have a few thorns in it. But he manages to put the beautiful flower right in the middle of it, right? <clears throat> we don't build for nothing. We're building something to leave behind, a heritage, a legacy, something we leave behind. Now, I know you guys have heard me say this several times, so I'm going to tell you again. There's only two things that you leave behind on this earth. Number one is what you have allowed God to accomplish here on earth through your faith and obedience. Amen? Amen. There's several people that come and go on, on this, in this country that, that's rich and, and they died. And most of you, if I mentioned some names, you wouldn't know who they were. But the men of God, Smith Wigglesworth, huh? L.D. Moody, these guys left something behind, all right? But the number two thing that you're going to live behind and not leave behind, and that's what we're centering on today, the number two thing that you're going to leave behind, and probably the most important thing, is what you have invested in your children. If it's good or if it's bad, it's going to stay behind. You're going to leave that behind. Um, you, would you put up that picture? For me? Oh, there it is. Okay. Now, if you look at this picture, you would think that it's about Pastor Eric and Judah. But it's not. It's about the son, that little guy in the middle, that's holding the hand of his father and his grandfather. Now, this was taken on a Sunday morning. And during worship, they were standing right there. And, and I got to watch this little fellow. And when they would jump, he would jump. And he'd look down at their feet to make sure they were doing, he was doing what they were doing. When they would dance, he'd try to dance. Right? So we know that Pastor Eric's leaving a legacy behind. We know that Judah is destined to go further than um, Pastor Eric. But this little guy, the Lord gave me a word from him, for him when he was only a few weeks old that he's going to go further than both of them. Amen? Amen. So, <clears throat> what we leave behind matters. You know, uh, I'm proud of the way Caleb and Susie are raising their kids. I don't always tell them that. <laughs> or maybe I don't tell them that enough. 
No comment. Um, <laughs> but, the, but they are. You know, not only are they teaching them the Word of God, and I, Sarah can memorize more scripture than me, but <clears throat> they, they take them on mission trips with them. And they don't just go for a vacation. These kids have to take something that they love that belongs to them to bring to another country to give to someone that doesn't have anything. Now, Henry takes after his grandfather <laughs> because he'd give away everything he had when he sees someone else without it. Amen? Amen? But you see, he didn't learn that from going on the mission field. He learned that from his dad and his mom. Now, I'm going to say this. I'm going to let you in on a little secret. You don't have to wait until you go on the mission field to teach your children how to serve other people and to give. Amen? Because Caleb and both of his sisters were brought up that way. They would, every year, we would take and we'd put together a, a meal. We'd turkey and this, we'd do this for Thanksgiving and Christmas, and they would get presents, some of their own, as well, and we'd go into some needy families and we'd pass this out. And they got excited to do that. They were excited to give it to someone in need. So it's who and it's what you leave behind that matters. Let's go to verse 3. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. He shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies in the gate. Let's focus in on this of one's youth, children of one's youth. That means that you're going to be young enough to see your child grow up and start the work that you've already started. He's going to continue the work that you've already started. It's like Noah starts building an ark and then he has sons to help him finish it. You're still fighting. You're fighting. You're fighting. And now you've got an ally by your side because it was children of your youth. Sons are a blessing to good fathers that were building the Lord's house. Don't we want that? Amen. Don't we want that for our children? We want to raise them up so that they can go out and continue the same work that we already started. Let's look at some examples of that. Turn to uh, Philippians 2.22. But you know that Timothy has proven himself. Because as a son with his father, he served with me in the, in the work of the gospel. Now we know a little bit about Timothy. We know that he came from a good family. We know that he was taught to love God and to 
to serve God from his mother and his grandmother. Now, but he was trained to do the work of God through Paul, as he was a son, a disciple of Paul. And go to 2 Corinthians 12, 18. I urge Titus to go to you and send our brother with him. Titus, he did not exploit you, did he? Did we, did we not walk in the same footsteps by the same spirit? Let me tell you, when you have a son that walks in the same footsteps that you walk, you're responsible for training him up. Right? And these two guys were able to go where Paul couldn't go. One went to Philippi and one went to Corinth. Because there was an extended arm, a son, that went forth. Right? Let's look at Psalm 45, verse 16 and 17. Your sons will take the place of your fathers. You will make them princes throughout princes throughout the land. I will perpetuate your memory through all generations. Therefore, the nation will praise you forever and ever. I mean, we've got an opportunity here, right? But we're not just talking about your physical sons. We're talking about the sons you train up in the word of God. Amen? So what kind of legacy are you building? Are you building a house or a city for yourself? Or are you building a home for the Lord? So when I was younger, um, I mean, every kid, he always looks up to his dad, right? Pretty much in general. And uh, I, I looked up to my dad. I, I still do. But I used to think that, man, if I could just be half the man my father is, I would have accomplished something in life. And I thought that for a long time. I, I just didn't think anything of it. I thought that was a good goal to shoot for. And, uh, you know, I came here for a few months, and I realized that's stupid. <laughs> No, if I'm not twice the man my father was, I'll have accomplished something. Because I'll have carried on what he already started. Um, what he did plus some. So I began to have this, this revelation of the generations just flood on me. And I saw that, like, what I do doesn't just teach my son. It teaches teaches his sons. The way I treat my wife is the way he's going to treat his wife. I, I have a lasting effect throughout the generations. And I just thought about how many millions of people I could impact throughout all of time. And just that weight began to crush me. I don't know if you've ever had just a revelation from God that just 
weighs you down. You're like, wow, how can I do this? My face couldn't go far enough into the carpet. And it crushed me in just this beautiful way. And I just, I realized that here's a crossroads. This type of revelation, you either accept it and say, yes, Lord, I'm going to run with this and do it. Or just walk away, just give up and quit, man. We've got to continue on to build a heritage. We've got to fight for it. It's not something that we can just wait around and it's going to happen naturally. Let's turn to Revelation 21. Let's go to verse 7. I'm just going to read it. The one who conquers will have this this heritage. And I will be his God and he will be my son. Romans 8, 16 says, The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. If we're sons, then we're heirs. If we on and continue and fight for it, and we fight for it and see it in our children, we are going to be heirs with Christ. Amen. So if the house is the Lord's and it's his house that we're building and you're an heir, whose house is it? It's our house. You are homeowners. Amen. Amen. It's not just a house. It's not just God's house. We're building our house. And you're going to live in the house that you build for eternity. If you conquer... You're going to have your inheritance as a son. And you're building a house. And it's not just for the Lord. And it's not just for you. It's also for your children and your children's children. It's so important that we get this. That we take what what the previous generation handed down to us and do something with it. Elisha didn't say, I want half the mantle of Elijah. He said, I want double. Come on, brother. I don't want to be half the pastor as Pastor Wade. I want to go farther. And he wants that for me. We want our sons to excel and go beyond what we could do. We're building a house for the Lord, for ourselves. And for our children. Amen. If we look at, at John 14, 2. In my, house, in my father's house has many, many rooms. If that were not so, I would have told you uh, that I am going there to prepare a house for you. Now, in, in the King James... It doesn't read quite like that. It reads, in my father's house, there are many mansions. Now, I don't know if that was King Jimmy's idea of just trying to make us understand how much greater God's house is than our house. But there's something to say about that. Are there mansions in our father's house? It, It depends, the size of the house that we even need or require is going to depend on how you build it. 
It's going to depend on that you, what you accomplish here on earth. It's going to depend on how many sons you raise up to live with you in that house. <clears throat> so what kind of house are you building? Are you going to be satisfied for just one room? We had a lot of those in the country where I was raised. No. We're building this house for the Lord. And it needs to be something that he would live in. Amen? John 14, 23. Jesus answered him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him. And we, the Father and the Son, will come to him and make our home with him. Is that what we want? (laughs) That's the right answer. Y'all catching on now. It says, what we do and how we build really matters. If, if, you, if you are not building according to the word of God, then what kind of house are you living in? Or what kind of house can we turn out? For instance, if you're called to be a pastor, You've got plenty of prophecy. You think you're called to be a pastor. You feel like that. But then things don't go the way you think they ought to go. Hello? <laughs> and, and, and you try to work this thing out yourself. So you put all these scenarios out there. Okay, if this happens, then I'll know it's God. If that happens, then I'll try to do this. And your idea of being a pastor is in Hawaii somewhere or on a, on a lake in a little small town, a community, where you're not raising up children. You're just trying to have a congregation. And you work your whole life just trying to keep them saved. Hello? It's all all around us. We see that all the time. Now, to build a church or to build a body, we need to raise up sons. Going your own way will only bring destruction. Or at least it will slow down what God's trying to accomplish on earth. Maybe that's why it's taking so long this far to get, you know. For him to get it done. Now, if we build according to the word of God, he's going to build with us. And we don't have to build it alone. That's what we're talking about, making it easier for us to to live a life of God. We don't have to worry about all these things that's caving in around us, all the, the problems of the world. When we are concentrating on what God called us to do, then all those things are in the shadow. They're second place. Um, and, and myself, I have to stay prayed up and, you know, because there was so much in the news and so many things that get, get you sidetracked off of what God's called you to do. 
And God has told me in almost an audible voice, that's not your business. That's right. That's not your business. He's taking care of that. That's civilian. That's civilian business. So what we build becomes a legacy, uh, inheritance for our sons to pass on from generation to generation. First Chronicles 29.16 says, O Lord our God, all this abundance that we have provided for, this, for building you a house for your holy name comes from your hand and is all your own. I know, my God, that you test the heart and have pleasure in uprightness, in the uprightness of my heart. I have freely offered all these things, and now I have seen your people who are present here offering freely and joyously to you. Why is it easy to offer up what you have? Because it was never yours. But if it was never yours, that means you don't get to complain about the materials that you have to work with. Lord, you just don't understand. My kids just have ADD or what, whatever your materials are that, that you're dealing with. You don't get to complain about them because God gave those to you. He wants to use you. So he gave you specific things for you to build. Are you going to build them? God gives special children to special people. You need to always remember that. Let's look at Galatians 6, 4 and 5. Now, this, this translation, I like it a whole lot better. It says, pay careful attention to your own work. Now, this is the scripture, I mean, the translation that Caleb reads. I really like this because when the scripture tells you to pay attention, what do you need to do? That's right. Pay attention for your own work, for then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done. You want to hear that? You want to hear God? Says the job well done. And you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else. For we are each responsible for our own conduct. We're responsible for our own work. <clears throat> you don't like what you see? You don't like your own life? <clears throat> you know. There's no excuse. It's like he says. God gave us what we need. And we need to build with it. You know, when Jesus fed the 5,000, it was a miracle. Jesus created the miracle, right? But where did the fish come from? Somebody gave all he had for the rest. His name's not mentioned. And neither will you be mentioned. Because we're working for the Father. But now, 
<laughs> you, you ever heard that people come up with this? It says, I'm not where I'm supposed to be spiritually. I know that. But you see, you see, my wife, she's just not the easiest that she's supposed to be, right? Well, don't make me cuss. Because I'm going to get you. Right? You see, that, that excuse didn't work for Adam. It's sure not going to work for you. Right? But the truth is that you are the one that's supposed to be building her Are you spending more time pointing out her shortcomings, her navel traits, all right, than washing her in the Word? I wasn't supposed to get an amen on that. Let's move right along here. This one is, my kids, they just watch too much TV. They're always playing those electronic games and all that, you know. But I, I just don't have the time to teach him anything else because, because my ministry takes too much time and my job fills up all the rest. I just don't have that much time. <laughs> but who's responsible for training them up? Right. It's not your pastor. It's not the Sunday school teacher. It's not your, your, your school or their teachers. It's you. Now, this one, everybody will be able to relate to it because they know someone like that. You having problems at work? Yeah, but all my bosses, they're just crazy. You had that same problem the last 10 jobs you had. (laughs) But my question to you, what are you doing about it? What are you doing about it for the Lord? Do you know... That the Lord says, we are supposed to do all things as we're doing it unto him. And if we're doing that, you don't care about how crazy your boss is, right? If we're doing that, we're building according to the blueprint that God's given us. So, tonight, we're homeowners. You are a homeowner. You aren't a resident. You aren't a renter. We have a stake in what we're building. So servants and slaves, when they're in the house, they work in the house, they live in the house, but then they die and don't pass anything on. And they don't own any part of it. But there's such a beautiful picture in the scripture. Let's go to John chapter 8, 34. Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Guys, slaves produce more slaves. Sons produce sons. Check this out. Sons can take a slave and set them free. Man, 
That's good. Is that good news? How many of us were slaves and then we got set free? But, oh, it gets better. It, there's even more, guys. So much better. It's so beautiful. Galatians chapter 4. We're going to go to verse 4. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the Holy Spirit, the spirit of his son, into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you were no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son than an heir through God. Sons don't just set slaves free. Sons turn slaves into sons. Amen. You, who were once slaves, now an heir with Christ, a homeowner, you can take someone who was a slave to sin and turn them into a son alongside you. This is how we build the house. Amen. As an heir of God, we are building his house and contributing to his legacy and building up his name, and we can give his name to others. Amen. Amen. But it starts with you. We're talking about revival here. We're talking about building a home and a church. Um and if we want to see revival in a church, a the church, this church, revival starts in your home. It starts with a personal home renovation. 300 contacts. That's what we should have titled this message. <laughs> We have to actually be living like sons if we want to make more sons. We have to reproduce what? We have to reproduce the image and the likeness of God. Sons in the image and likeness of God. Are you satisfied with a single room? And you call it your own? No. Make rooms for the generation of sons to come after you. Some of us are content with building just one big room, but it's empty. And your life is just like that. You achieved much for yourself. I've heard that. But I've never seen an armored car in a funeral procession. Okay, I'm going to give you a few minutes to get that. <laughs> but what we leave behind for our sons is a legacy and an inheritance. And, but you have to share and you have to leave that integrity. 
Guys, this is our last scripture, Matthew 28. We're going to start in verse 18. Let's everybody turn there. Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. All authority was given to him. But whose image were you made in? All authority has been given to you. We are image bearers of God carrying his authority. In heaven and earth, God's dominion has been brought down from heaven to earth. Go, therefore... This is how we fulfill our purpose. We have to actually go. We've got to get up off of our lazy. Yeah, that. And go. Go. Make disciples. We've got to be fruitful. And we have to multiply. To all nations. We've got to fill the earth. In the name of the Father. The Son and the Holy Spirit, we have to subdue all creation in His name because His name is on the house. God wants you to build the house. It's the one that He started and He's continuing to build through you. Because you're a son and you get to continue His work. Amen. So that's what building the house looks like to the best of our ability to tell you but it starts by living as sons then we raise up sons then we turn slaves into sons and we've got a slogan around here how we do that one life one family one nation at a time. Amen. Amen. The Lord's been calling us to maturity. As we open with the messages like, he wants you to be a leadership, a leadership, all grown up. He's been investing his time to make sure his house is built right. And we're going to take this time and pray about that for you, with you. Turn that mic. Stand our feet. You guys blessed by this word by the a father and his son. I've had the opportunity for over twenty years to watch the life of Charlie Brown and his wife Joella. It was there in their living room that myself, Eric, Jennifer, some of you other guys experienced 
a home that was in right order, probably for the first time ever. Sat down and had family, or had dinner as a family that was in right order with God and right order with other people. Not to mention the food was excellent and still has been. This is what we are aiming our lives at, saints. You know, there, there's a day when you fathers are going to stand and you're going to preach a word with your son or son-in-law. There is a day when you mothers are going to stand and you're going to share a word with your daughters or your daughters-in-law. And let's go even a step further. How about to that next generation with your grandchildren? Being able to see a legacy of righteousness and the faithfulness that you demonstrate on a daily basis is building that foundation and structure that the generations beyond us get to inhabit. What I want us to do, let's take some time. Let's evaluate our foundations and how we're building our house. Are we building it in a manner that is worthy of praise? Are we using wood, hay, and stubble? Things that are easy and accessible on the surface of the earth to build our house. If you find that you're using those surface elements, let's let them burn in the fire of His presence and be replaced with gold, silver, and precious stones, that divine nature, that redemption, and the glory that is fit for the head of kings. So we submit our souls to you right now, Jesus. Lord, we say that this time we get to spin in your presence, that we would evaluate our hearts and we invite your spirit to come and reveal, reveal to us our true state. How are we building? How are we building? We thank you, Father, for making us a son through your son. For making us more than just freed slaves, but sons that inherit the same portion as your firstborn. We thank you for giving us your spirit as a deposit guaranteeing what's to come. An inheritance of your legacy and your righteousness. Lord, let your presence, let your spirit come fill this place. Fill us as we seek your face and evaluate our hearts.